Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue, your series-by-series check-in for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, which is part of the SB Nation family of team sites. And you can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. You can also find us on Twitter at, at Cup of Cubby Blue. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs for Bleed Cubby Blue. And full disclosure, my neighbor's dog is going crazy, and I don't think the mic is going to pick it up, but it could. So if you hear a random dark... Uh, dog barking in the background. It is definitely my neighbor's dog. Hi guys, I'm Andy Cruz Vanasek, and this is a uh, prime time at my house. So if you hear lots of commotion over here, that's just my family doing normal Monday night things. <laughs> yeah, no. So we're recording on Monday night. Um, we thought about recording on Sunday night, but frankly, I wasn't really in the state to do it. <laughs> Neither was I, but for a different reason. Oh, um, we'll talk about that in a little bit when we get to what um, Danny Rocket, our friend from the Sun Ranto show, referred to as our Irish wake for Joe Madden. <laughs> oh, my Gina goodness. Tavern yesterday. Um, but that that's coming up in a bit. We do still have some Cubs games to talk about. So we'll talk about the final three Cubs games that they took from the or they took two of three from the Cardinals this week in St. Louis. Um I have some thoughts about this series. Andy, what, what's your gut reaction to these final three games the Cubs played against the Cardinals? Well, I made a promise a while back that I would not go to any of these because it seems as though I could not win a game at Bush this year. So, yes, you guessed it. I didn't go to any of these, and they did take two out of three. So I really hope this doesn't carry over to next year because it's really nice that I'm able to see the Cubs play a lot more during the season when I get to watch them here at Bush. So really, really hope that whatever happens this off season, my jinx goes with it because I really want to be able to watch my Cubs play a lot more next year. So um, it was, I, I personally, it was quite enjoyable. The first two games of the series, um, Milwaukee had one job and they couldn't do it. One uh, job, one job, one job, Milwaukee. And they claim to be a playoff team, which, okay, fine. They are. That's fine. They earned it. They are technically in the playoffs. Right. Technically. Yes. Um, (laughs) But they had one job. I mean, you, you, you know, if you're any kind of social media person, then you know that, you know, they were coming, the, the Milwaukee Brewer faithful were coming down on the Cubs for not putting out the A lineup, if you will. Um, But that didn't matter. We, you guys had the A lineup and you couldn't win one game. So it, it just, yeah, it, it, I, I don't, I don't feel bad for them there. You know, I mean, nobody feels bad for us, obviously. Um, but it was nice to, to come into Bush and, and, and from what I understand from folks that were down at Bush, the first two games, it was awfully quiet on the smack talking front. So um, not a whole lot being said because they were still, I think a little nervous and quite frankly, I didn't hear much today either. So I think they're still kind of nervous. I mean, playoffs are playoffs and no, there wasn't really a dominant team coming out of the central this year. So I don't, um, I don't love whoever comes out of the central in playoffs. I just don't feel like they have, they have the, the equipment for the long haul. So, but again, Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say a couple of things there. One, uh, all of the smack talk was directed to my Twitter account because I dared to criticize Yadier Molina and all hell broke loose on my Twitter account this weekend for saying that he's whiny because he like barely got grazed by a baseball. Like literally, I I, I honestly did not even see (laughs) 
it hit him. I was surprised he was headed to first. And the next thing I know, he's like gesturing wildly at Cole Hamels with a bat. And I was just like, you have got to be kidding me right now. This is so staged and ridiculous. And yes, to the 19 or 20 Cardinals fans who came at me with some iteration of he's just trying to fire up his team. Don't you know anything about baseball? I do realize he was trying to fire up his team, but he looked like a little whiner because the ball didn't even really hit him at all. Well, (laughs) so he just looked insane. I have thoughts about this too. There's many, many ways to fire up your team. I understand. I get baseball. I know people want to act like I don't. That's fine. Whatever you need to think to sleep at night. I understand baseball. I understand how to fire people up. I don't know if you realize this or not by listening to me, but I'm a very high energy individual. I get that there are points in life in general and games that you need to fire up people. I understand that. However, I don't think starting a fight with the Chicago Cubs who are now eliminated from the postseason is probably the best way to do it because A, anything happens, anything goes sideways. Cardinals players look at any kind of ejections or fines or anything like that. And who's suffering there? Cubs don't care. Well, I mean, we're done. We don't care. Eject us all. I mean, throw us all out, you know, Get, right. suspend us all. Cardinals, you have someone like Gadier Molina who is suspended for the first game of the playoffs or two games of the playoffs. That might be a problem if you're trying to win games. So to me, that just wasn't very smart. Yeah, get your team fired up. Hit a home run. How about that? How about just get on base? There's a good way to get your team fired up. You know, look in your dugout and yell something. Have you ever seen Wilson Contreras do that? A few times. <laughs> it works. Okay? So I just don't think that was very smart. I mean, for somebody who is supposedly a leader on, on that team, somebody who, you know, rallies the troops or whatever else, all these these folks who apparently just learned how to use a computer – decide to come on your Twitter and say, it's dumb. There's so many other ways to do it. And that was just the reckless choice of them all. And it it was not, not very well thought, thought out. Yeah, no, I mean, like you do you, Yachty. And like, I get it, the Cardinals way and whatever. And if I was a Cardinals fan, I would like Yachty Molina a lot. He's been a great player for that ball club for a long time. That does not mean, I, I, and I really like, (laughs) I apparently... I apparently opened the floodgates with this one, but him being a good ball player in St. Louis and winning a lot does not mean he's an automatic Hall of Fame first ballot guy. <laughs> does, he doesn't even, I, this is the hill I will die on. Look, like I, I had a couple of back and forths and shout outs to like the three or four Cardinals fans that I follow now who, who were like rational and capable of talking about baseball as opposed to just coming at me with like really insulting things that I'm just not even going to say on the air here because they were ridiculous. Um, But a few people did like kind of come back at me with like intangibles and defense and this and that and whatever. We had a nice conversation. So I follow them now. Um, But the, the bottom line is the man is as far as wins above replacement goes, he's in that same like general area of players as Jason Kendall and and I bring that up not because Jason Kendall is a bad player. Jason Kendall was a good <laughs> catcher for a while. And he's not in the Hall of Fame. And he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. And to the person who retweeted my thing and was like, well, Jason Kendall could be in the Hall of Fame. He's, he's not going to be. Like, he's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> and to the other person that came at me with, 
well, war isn't everything. Pick a multidimensional stat. It's literally a multidimensional stat. Like, like that that's is what it's for. <laughs> definitionally, what wins above replacement is for is to measure everything in a total, not just offense or defense. Like I, I'm really sorry. I get that he's your guy. Like I know you like him, but his stats, the things that like most people in the Baseball Writers Association use for determining their ballots because they want to put good people in the Hall of Fame and not have people come back at them later with like, why did you vote in the worst person at this position in the Hall of Fame? His stats do not measure up at this moment, at his peak, or at any point in time to a Hall of Fame career. And that doesn't mean he's not a good catcher. It doesn't mean he's not a great catcher. It means he may not be a Hall of Fame catcher. Like, I understand that that's the PR campaign that St. Louis has been running for the last five or six years, which is why there's all these articles about, like, Yachty's intangibles, his team leadership make him a Hall of Fame guy, even if the numbers don't. Like, okay, that's not how most of those votes go. He might even get in. He might get in on a player's ballot someday. I don't know. But he's certainly not an auto first ballot Hall of Fame person. And to the five or 600 people that came at me at some point this weekend on Twitter, I, I, I am sorry that that makes you sad. It is not blasphemy for me to say that. It, definitionally not blasphemy, actually. Um, and it's also not slander or libel. And I suggest you look up the word slander, libel, and blasphemy. <laughs> Can I respond? Yeah, go for it. I'm done. <laughs> Sarah. I live in a city full of all of these people. <laughs> all I do is laugh when they say things like this, because here's the reason why it's so funny. I could not agree with anything that you said more. I don't even pull at that thread. I don't. Because A, nobody is ever going to, in having this conversation with somebody that roots for St. Louis, that is a Yadier Molina fan, that is somebody that is willing to take on this conversation, automatically you know, A, they don't look at baseball as a whole. They look at St. Louis baseball as a whole. B, they know no other – I mean, they, they probably couldn't name five players on other teams. I mean, it literally is folks that are so – sucked into the St. Louis Cardinals are the only baseball team type situation. Like they just don't even, you know, I, I don't even know the proper way to, to put it into words. All I can do is laugh when that conversation comes up. And I will tell you that people that I know that are Cardinals fans that I will have a conversation with about baseball because they respect the fact that I know about baseball. They know about baseball outside of just the St. Louis Cardinals, they will never fight that fight. I promise you. Like, it's just the folks that are like, St. Louis Cardinals are the best baseball team in all of the land, and we are the best baseball fans. Those are the kind of people who came at you. So, um, I, I mean, there's a million people that agree with you. And it's just <laughs> so ridiculous even ha trying to have that conversation with folks on Twitter because – you know, they just, they would never step outside of their little box that they live in to, to see things any other way. Like that's the only way that they know. So that's why they are so convinced that Yadier Molina is first ballot hall of fame, which that get the first gal that tweeted that I oh literally God. was crying because she <laughs> literally has 200 followers. I think I've gotten that in the last three days, sweetheart. 
So before you start talking about people building their brand, maybe work on yours. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, wait, I, I'm not trying to build my brand. I'm a Cups fan and I just don't like Yadier Molina. Like I, that was the other one that got to me. So there was this guy who was very nice, by the way. I, I'm not going to put him on blast here because he was super nice. And I think I gave him a follow after we had a long conversation. But he was convinced, convinced that my account was out there trolling Cards fans. And I was like, <laughs> I, I am a Cubs fan and I have an opinion. And my my posts have nothing to do with getting a reaction from St. Louis. We believe something opposite you. And I was making posts for my followers who are also Cubs fans. And y'all just like jumped in here as if somebody kicked your dog. Like, I don't even... <laughs> It was wild. And you kinda, was Sarah, you kind of did. I don't even, I don't even know. I don't even know how you live there. Like I kind of did kick their dog, Sarah. You realize wow. this, right? You kind of did kick their dog. Apparently. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, you know, it's, it's funny. I can only say this because yes, this is, this is what, um, so one of my best friends who you met, my friend, Ashley, she came to Chicago with me this summer. Um, to Cubs Cardinals in Chicago. Sarah had the pleasure of hanging out with her as well. Um, so she, a couple of people were asking her this weekend, we were together um, one night and a couple of people are asking her, how did that go? You know, how did, how did it go being a Cardinals fan at Wrigley? She's like, well, you know, a couple of times it got ugly and there was some really obnoxious people that were saying things, not to her, but to the group we were with. Um, and that's anywhere you go. That's not, you know, obviously we're not saying that's just Cubs fans, but you know, and she's like, yeah. And then people just kind of made snide remarks and just kind of here and there, they, you know, would say things. And she's like, nothing really bothered me too much, but it just got really annoying. And I said, Ashley, dear, my love, that was a snapshot of my entire everyday life. Right. <laughs> like that is what I go through every single day. And she's like, well, I never really thought about it that way. So what people don't understand is what they don't know. So like these folks that come at you and say these things and everything else, they like, they literally don't even take the time to get to know anything else other than what they have. So it, it to me, it, it, I always just find it very funny because, and that's why I've calmed down quite a bit on Twitter because I used to want to fight everyone about everything <laughs> and it's just exhausting. And a, you're not going to change anybody's mind. Nobody ever does B I, all I can do is tell them where I'm coming from and why I feel the way I feel. And that's all I do, you know, because I'm like, yeah, I mean, I obviously know what I feel is right and wrong. And when you are dealing with the, v, the BFIB, they, there is, they're never wrong. They're right, no matter what. And there's only Cardinals baseball. So that's just kind of rules that I live by. And obviously that's not everybody, but all these, you know, keyboard cowboys that, that you were dealing with this weekend, that's their mentality. And I unfortunately get to deal with it all the time. So. Yeah, they're, they're pretty nuts. I, I will say the other thing that I, I was getting from them and from their comments and from their like, honestly kind of rabid responding to me as if like they're like and you're not even in the playoffs no joke really I had no idea um the the thing I was kind of getting is that I, I think cards fans are scared and I don't blame them like they had a lot of chances to go into the postseason on a great run they swept the Cubs at Wrigley they had a ton of opportunities to clinch the division didn't do it 
And the Cubs were putting up a huge fight for those first two games in their house, couldn't clinch, couldn't really lock it down. And instead of going into the playoffs uh, as a team who's on like, you know, some ridiculous run that looks red hot that might actually pose a problem for the Braves or the Dodgers, they look like a team that's kind of limping into the playoffs. And frankly, the Brewers do too. I, I, I think what you said earlier about the NL Central teams not really being all that impressive at this moment in time, even with the run the Brewers went on with Yelich out, even with the run the Cardinals went on that included sweeping the Cubs. Like, I just, I don't think either one of these teams looks that way right now. Um, the Brewers looked pretty bad against the Rockies. The They couldn't take advantage of the Cubs winning games against the Cardinals either. And, you know, they're kind of limping into the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised to see either team take an early exit. And frankly, I am rooting for that. I am rooting for both teams to be out as quickly as possible. Well, just one other comment I want to make about this whole thing, because I think it's quite funny how quickly people forget where we were a year ago or the year before or the year before or the year before. Um, I, I kind of made it a point. One of my friends posted on, I don't know, one of the social media platforms that, um, the Cardinals have a 5% chance of winning the world series this year. And all these people came back and were like, Oh, that's better than zero. And I was thinking about, it, I was like, well, five is not that much better than zero. <laughs> five is only five away from zero. Like if it were like 30, okay, it's five. Um, but the best part about this is, and I'm like, how quickly we forget how quickly we forget. And we're so quick to, to, to jump on the, you know, we're going to win everything and, and have all this confidence, this, this false confidence and false hope. And I'm like, you guys, seriously, you haven't been in the playoffs in, in a couple of years now. Like you are so like, I guess, desperate to have this feeling again, that all of a sudden it just turns into this. I don't know, this, this attitude of, you know, we're the Cardinals. We don't, we don't lose playoffs. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting to see how it goes. Um, I know there's still a lot of people around here writing the high from hockey, which is about enough to make me vomit on a daily basis. Um, so it would be nice to see them have a quick exit. And I think that's probably what we'll get. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to find that out. And we will talk more about the playoffs in a minute. I have a couple more notes about the games um, against St. Louis this weekend that I just want to make sure we hit on so that we don't move past them. Uh, the first is that Ben Zobris pitched for the first time in his very long and distinguished career. Um, and it was outstanding. Not only did he pitch pretty well, I'm not going to lie, but he struck out Yadier Molina for the last out for the Cubs in 2019. And we're always going to have that. And that's, that's great. I, I'm pretty happy about it. What do you think of uh, Zoe pitching? Um, so Zoe pitching was the only thing that could get me to turn the game off of the Chicago bears. I could not bear to watch <laughs> baseball that day. I could not bear to watch baseball that day. I watched the first three innings and I had to turn it. It was just, it was excruciating. So yeah, that was pretty delightful. I'm not going to lie. Dude was hitting 85 and I'm pretty sure he threw a slider. <laughs> like it was kind of silly. I was, I was very, very impressed with him. He is definitely what they call the Swiss army knife of baseball I mean like he can do anything and he has done everything for for a Chicago Cubs team that is going to miss him greatly um you know I kind of I'm being selfish when I say this but I kind of would like to see him hang it up after this year because I don't want to remember him in any other uniform I would like to just leave it at he retired um as a Cub 
and and let that be the end of it. But I know he's got to do what he's got to do. And if he's got more years in him, then more power to him. And I wish him much success wherever he goes. And, you know, just even having his personality, his, his brain, his, um, the demeanor that he carries with him anywhere, he would be an asset to any club. So whatever he decides to do, I'm sure he'll be great at it. Even, you know, I would love to see, I, I think I read somewhere, somebody was halfway joking, but they're like, how great of a team up would it be to have Ben Zobris as a bench coach under David Ross? And I'm like, okay, timeout. <laughs> I might've just, I might've just drooled a little bit right there. Cause that would be really cool. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure eventually someday he'll, he'll, dabble in that area but you know he'll be good at whatever he does he's amazing and he's definitely this the swiss army knife of knife of this team yeah speaking of swiss army knives on this team um ian happ had a really nice run after coming up from triple a late for the cubs this year and he is the final nl player of the week for the regular season and i just i, I think it's important to note that like Ian Happ certainly did not give up during this time period where the Cubs did not look great. He batted 455, uh, hit four home runs, drove in 10 RBIs, and posted a 1636 ops in the final six days of the season. And, I mean, obviously that's a small sample size, but props to Ian Happ, man. Yeah, he definitely went out of this season with a bang. And, you know, for how we came into this season, especially with him starting in the in AAA, where you know he was not happy, and he got a, a nice, huge pie, a huge humble pie, um, to start the season. I think this was completely appropriate that it, it that he ended the season this way. Um, I've heard a lot of analysts, a lot of different people say that his approach has changed, that he's really shown the work that he's put in. Um, you know, and I feel like. Overall, people have been very hard on him. I know there's the the small group of Ian Happ advocates throughout the season that never really went away. And I love him. He's a he's a great kid. I feel like he's got great talent. I just kind of felt like for a while maybe um, he wasn't as focused as he could have been. And I think that's definitely changed. And, you know, I hope that if he's somebody that ends up sticking around that he can continue and build on that success because it was definitely – heck of an end of the season and it was a very nice bright spot to watch him do what he was doing and and see his confidence grow so that was that was good and, and hopefully he can build on that if that's you know the direction that the Cubs see fit yeah um I would I, we'll see I, worst case scenario I think Ian Happ improved his value for a trade considerably and I think that he probably has that sort of Ben Zobris type role locked up for the team next year if he wants it it would be nice to see him strike out less but We'll see if he's able to do that. Um, we have a lot more to talk about, including what I'm sure are going to be a ton of thoughts on Joe Madden. But we need to take a quick break for our sponsors, and then we will be back uh, to talk more in a minute. All right, um, we're back. We have we're going to do a couple of wild card game previews, but before we do that, the biggest news um, of the off season to date, and it's been like one day. <laughs> Uh, Joe Madden is no longer the Cubs manager. It, to clarify, he was not fired. He was not given an extension. And while I know that people think that's the same difference, it's really not. He was allowed to see his contract out. And they came to the conclusion that this club needs a new voice. And I, I have said on here before that I think part of the reason the club might need a new voice of leadership 
has more to do with um, Theo contradicting the voice, the tone that Joe set up than anything else. I also said this um, on Danny's podcast yesterday, but I, I get it. Um, I'm still super bummed about it. I am unconvinced that there is a better manager out there. I'm a little terrified as to what Joe Madden is going to be able to do with some of these young clubs that really where he's a perfect fit. I'm looking at you Padres and I'm looking at you angels and I, I'm bummed. I, Andy, what do you got? So this is not going to be easy for me to get through probably without getting a little choked up. (laughs) I am trying really hard to be a big girl about this. And I have put my big girl pants on two days in a row and they're still not working. Every time I think about this, I get so upset and I don't know I haven't, I don't think, put my finger on exactly what it is about it that really gets to me. But this, I think this is just, this is bad. I think this is not going to be good for the Cubs. I really hope this isn't a position where we struggle to find somebody that sticks for a while. Um, because I feel like we, we've we done that for so long. And then to find somebody who did what Joe Madden did, I understand that his voice probably he he lost it towards the end. I get that. I do. Trust me. I understand that. I, I know that there's a, a shelf life of, for everybody and, and things, you know, kind of start to, to become redundant. And, you know, I, I get all that. I do. I promise. But gosh, I watched how many managers run through this club and none could even touch what Joe Madden did in, in five seasons. I mean, it's just, it, it, to me, it's just so sad. It's really hard to, to even think about not seeing him on that top stair. It's really hard to not think about um, his interviews. I mean, just one of the best people to listen to talk about baseball. Um, he's, I mean, so brilliant, baseball brilliant, you know, everyday brilliant, a great speaker. Just, you know, he just always captivated me when he spoke. Like I'll never forget a beer and a shot. Like that's always my thing because of him, a beer and a shot. Like it's just, he's just such an awesome guy. I really hope that Theo and company know what they're doing because I just feel like there are so many reasons why he probably his time was up here and why he needed to move on. And if I'm Joe, I had probably made the decision that I was not even going to consider another contract probably mid season, but just that it went down the way it went down. There's so many things that could have been done differently on the side of the front office, on the side of ownership. It it just, it could have happened a lot differently and we could have probably gotten a couple more years of him at the helm and don't, don't be kid. Don't be kidded at all. He's going to go and do amazing things for another club. And I just pray it's not somebody that we see in October someday because um, it, it's, you know, he's, he's that kind of guy. He has that kind of, that kind of control and power and, and, you know, not something like, I'm, I don't mean to use those words in like a, a derogatory sense, but like he can change a clubhouse. He can change a culture. I mean, look what he did here, you know, in five seasons. Um, it's just crazy to me. He's going to be missed. And it's, it's hard to, to think about a Cubs team without him. And, and every memory I have of like 2016, you know, he has a, he has a, a scene in there. So it it just, 
it, it'll be great to, to be able to think back and, and be happy about that. I just hope that there are happy days ahead also, because he, he gave us a lot. He gave us more than we ever imagined we'd have. So, I mean, I know it's not just something he gave us, but he definitely had a huge part in putting that all together. Um, and I will not hear people in their negativity about how he tried you know, to mess things up. I will not hear that if he was trying to mess things up. I mean, that's crazy talk. That's, that's no, no. Yeah. I'm um, not here for that conversation either. That's ridiculous. No, um, no it's stupid. It's absolutely stupid. And I, I'm not even, I mean, I get it. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has things that they would go back and change. But like he even said in one of his interviews now, since the news has been dropped, he said, you know, he has a reason and a rhyme for every single thing he ever did. And he may not tell people, he may not explain himself, but he had reasons for everything that he did. And I truly honestly believe that. I mean, he's a, you know, he's, he's kind of a mad scientist, if you will, of baseball. Like he just has another level of thinking and there's just something really special about somebody that can do that and thinks that way. And, you know, that's, that's who we're losing. So I just, I know the, the kind of the phrase is, you know, nobody's going to come in and fill his shoes. Well, of course not. They couldn't even touch what he does. I just hope that they don't ruin what he's done. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear that. I mean, it's funny that you brought up the shot in a beer thing, because I, I always remember that, too, from his opening press conference when he was like, shot in a beer, the Hazleton way. And I was just, I fell in love with his attitude from the second he, like, put on the Cubs uniform. You know, last night, um, we watched the game at the G-Man Tavern, and then uh, we... Danny was jokingly calling it an Irish wake for Joe Madden, but that's really what it felt like. And for the 2019 Cubs, it was kind of a celebration and a little bit of a bummer and a whole bunch of other things. But we, um, after we left, we went to Madden's post, his restaurant that's only been open for about a month and a half uh, here in Wrigleyville and had a shot and a beer. And the beer that they had on tap was called try not to suck. So we had a try not to suck and a shot of Jameson, <laughs> the Hazleton way for Joe Madden. Um, and I, yeah, I don't really have much more to add. It was really a pleasure to have Joe Madden as the skipper of this team. I mean, I don't know if you were looking at some of the player tributes that both the ones that they said and the ones that they posted, Wilson Contreras had a really nice Instagram post. And honestly, uh, Jordan Bastion had a picture of, um, Madden and Contreras giving each other a hug before the game. And that just broke me. <laughs> totally broke me. Uh, Contreras has said that he sees Joe Madden as a father figure. I think Rizzo actually said something similar. Yeah, he said he loves him like a dad. Yeah. And I, look, it's not even so much like whether something got messed up or missed or whatever. It's do you trust, there is nobody else out there that I'm like, yes, that guy over Joe. And there are very few people that love David Ross as much as I do. And I just am having a hard time imagining that David Ross and his first year managing could be more effective than Joe or that, you know, God forbid, I hate the idea of going after Joe Girardi. I think it's the opposite of what you would want with this particular team. But, um, and I love Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi was one of my favorite catchers and we all know how I feel about catchers, but I, I'm not sure he's the right fit either. Uh, Theo did mention at his press conference today that there's at least one candidate internally on the Cubs coaching staff that they want to talk to. He did not specify who that was. I think that the smart money is that that is probably Mark Loretta. I think the dark horse candidate there is John Baker. 
And either one of those guys could manage a team at some point. And I don't think either one of us would be shocked about it. Um, I've heard rumors that Mark DeRosa is interested in this job. He was also interested in the Yankees job when it came open. No idea what I think about Mark DeRosa managing, but then again, you know, Aaron Boone is doing an okay job for the Yankees. So who knows? Um, but yeah, it's going to be, that's the first of what will be many changes. The other thing that Theo said at his press conference um, Monday afternoon is that they're going to have to move some players. And it's not so much that they're just looking to move guys to move guys. So I want to be really clear about this because this is one of my Twitter pet peeves. But like, it's not all about they have to trade player X. Nobody is getting traded unless the return is worth the trade, right? So don't pick your people to move. Think about what the return could be and what the contract situation is and then work from there and work backwards and hope and pray and trust that this front office is doing the right thing for those players. But it did sound like they're going to try to sign up uh, to sign some of the core to long-term extensions. And if it looks like they can't do that, they're going to consider moving some people for the right price. Well, and the part about his press conference that made me sweat a little bit and I think most people, if they have any knowledge of this part of the situation, they get a little nervous when this comes up. But he said he did make mention of, you know, we have 2020 and 2021, and then we have a lot of people that we need to worry about where they land. And that to me was like basically him saying October starts in March. (laughs) Like I was like, oh, gosh, like. So we're on the clock is what you're saying. I mean, we've been on the clock, but now we're really on the clock because we have two seasons with this magnificent core that, dare I mention, Dynasty had been brought up quite a few times with this core because of the level of talent that's there. And now here we are talking about we only have two years left of control on most of these guys. That's a scary thought. And unfortunately, a lot of times that equals if they – don't see any kind of extension agreement coming or something that is makes sense for both sides, then that's going to be somebody that they're going to look at what they can get in return because you cannot let somebody of that value walk and not get anything. You know, I mean, that's just the way baseball is. That's the business side of things. And unfortunately there's far too many of us that don't understand that. And I will admit, I hate that I understand that because It's so hard. I mean, you see a lot of teams have done stuff like that because of what they're getting back for for players with just, you know, an obscene amount of talent who can't agree on any kind of extension, can't agree on terms or want to hit the free agent market. And you don't want to not get anything in return for that. So, you know, I understand the business side of it, but I have a feeling, you know, and I don't want to speculate. I don't want to make any kind of any kind of determination of what I think is going to happen because it's far too young in the off season for me to even think this way, but we might see that come into play this off season. That might be something that is tossed around or even, um, even thought about. So just keep that in mind. I mean, that's, that's definitely, there's some major players in this core that we lose control of in a couple seasons. And if the price is right, you better believe that, or, you know, the price, when I say the price, if, if the return is right, um, then you better believe that they're going to explore those options and, and just be prepared and, and, and no, please understand and know everything they're doing, they're doing for the success of this team. 
They're not doing it to make us sad and make us, you know, doubt what's happening. They're doing it for a reason. And these people are professionals. You know, there's, there's been enough bad trades, enough bad contracts and, and everything else that you better believe their homework is, is just doubled this off season. So just, you know, be mindful of that and understand that there is a reason behind everything they will be doing. Totally. And I, um, you know, it's, it's interesting that you were sort of saying that the, these big contracts, if they can't get them done, I mean, that, that is sort of the thing that we, we need to keep an eye out for. And just so you all know, um, Andy and I will be recording at least once a week, all through the off season. We're going to record twice, twice a week during the playoffs while the playoffs are going on. But if news breaks, like if there is a big trade or a big acquisition or a managerial candidate who signs or anything like that, we'll be up with an emergency podcast. So we will have all of that for you all off season long here at Cup of Cubby Blue. Um, we only have about five minutes left here today. And I want to spend that time talking about the playoffs because there are playoffs, even though the Cubs aren't in them. And I have a piece coming out for Bleed Cubby Blue tomorrow that is my personal guide to hate watching the 2019 playoffs <laughs> because frankly, there are more teams that I want to lose than that I want to win. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's so great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll pre- but I'll preview a little bit of that here. Let's talk about these wild card matchups, then we'll come back with another episode to talk about the division matchups later this week. Um, I just want to I want to confess, like the AL wild card matchup is my favorite matchup that can happen during the 2019 playoffs. The A's and the Rays are both so much fun. If you didn't see it, Cut 4 had this video of the Rays celebrating with this like cha-cha song, doing this like group dance in the clubhouse, and it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. It's brilliant. You never knew Blake Snell can dance. Blake Snell can dance, people. It's nuts. Um, Hold on. Like- it totally, that video reminded me of Club Dub. It's great. It's great. It was totally clubbed up. I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I I really like both of these teams. I even, and y'all know how much this, this means to me, I even like the people that used to be Cardinals that are on these teams. Because Tommy Pham, if you remember, like kind of left St. Louis, like burning it all down. He was just like, you kept me in AAA too long. You didn't let me play. You didn't give me a shot, whatever. And they traded him because he had gone out and given all these interviews that like burned it down um, and could not be part of the Cardinals way anymore. And Stephen Piscotty got traded because his mom was sick and he's just really thrived in Oakland. And I I want nothing but good things for both of those dudes. I I am over whatever damage they did as Cardinals. Oh, that's that is probably the highlight of why I will watch that that um that game. I mean, Tommy Pham, if you ask me, he was like he was kind of a I don't want to say a loner, but he kind of, you know, he 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 danced to his own tune. And he definitely burned it all down on the way out. Like he was like not okay. He was he spoke out and he spoke often. And I didn't love it at the time because I thought it was kind of in bad taste, but seeing what he's doing now and there's no negative, you know, no negative, any kind of negativity going on around him, then obviously that's, it's not, it's not him. Like he's cool. He's fine. And he's doing good things. So this will be a great game to watch. And, and definitely I, I would, I can't wait to hear who all my friends will be, will be uh, cheering for here in St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. So like for the AL wildcard game, you could just root for good baseball because it's going to be great. And you kind of just want to see whichever team can get hot, get hot so they can beat the Astros. Um, but the 
other matchup is easy as well because it is the Brewers versus the Nationals and Cup of Cubby Blue Nation. We are all Nationals fans. We're here for Max Scherzer. He, the Nationals are really the only team in the NL that I want to see do anything. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to make you read the piece to find out why. But the, you know what? I, I cannot with the Brewers. They whine. They drive me nuts. I don't want to see them go very far. I'm here for a Nationals run. Let's get Davey Martinez some job security. Yeah, I love that Davey Martinez is in this game. I will say Max Scherzer is from St. Louis, so there will be a lot of Washington fans here in St. Louis too, be, be, for one reason or another. I just, I'm, I'm done with Milwaukee. I just can't, I, I can't handle them. I'm not a fan. I will never root for them. I'll never want them to be successful or happy. So yes, go Washington. <laughs> well, and also like it's the team with the pitchers versus the team that has no pitchers, like. The, t- the starting pitchers on Washington are so good, Scherzer and Strasburg. And then you, and like, and what's the guy that they picked up in a trade, Corbin? And then you've got the Brewers, who I don't, I can't, Gio Gonzalez, is Gio Gonzalez going to start a playoff game? Who is their starter for the wild card game? I don't even know. For uh, Milwaukee? Yeah. Woodruff. <laughs> yeah. They should just run a bullpen game out there because that's what their starting pitching is. Um, Anyway, so we will be watching for that. We will be back uh, before game one of the NLDS to let you know what we're thinking for those matchups for the divisional series. You can check out my piece tomorrow on Bleed Cubby Blue and uh, figure out who your personal fan favorites or fan haters are. Um, And we're looking forward to chatting Cubs prospects, trades, and managerial candidates all through the postseason and the offseason. We'll talk to you again on Thursday. Have a good one. Bye.